everyone. Welcome to Bridging the Gap. I'm your host, SET, and I hope that you're doing well wherever you're listening from. On Bridging the Gap, I speak with a range of great artists to learn more about them, the process behind their craft, and the personal journeys in their chosen fields. My guest today is a rapper who I've been following for years. He's brash, he's unapologetically bold, a gifted storyteller, and so much more. I'm happy to welcome DD section to the show. Thank you for joining me today, bro. Yes, sir. We're here, man. We're here. How you doing? I'm chilling, man. I got no complaints. Life is decent. I'm glad to hear it. I'm glad to hear it. So I wanted to start with earlier this year when you got the opportunity to open for David O on tour. Uh-huh. What was that experience like? Uh, it was different because I think it was the first time that I ever saw that many people um, outside of Nigeria. Um, I think that was definitely the biggest crowds that I'd seen ever. Um, just being, and I think it, as a performer, it definitely helped me because I never, you know, thought about, you know, normally when you're performing to your own crowd, you don't have to really too much worry about stage presence and getting the crowd involved and all those things. So that was really big for me. It was a really big tour experience. And um, David is a really special and really amazing and super like cool person. Um, So yeah, shout out to David, man. That shit was huge for me, man. Yeah, that's a big, big look because that's like stadium size. Yeah, bro. Bro, I was in, I didn't even know there were Africans in Boston, bro. When we went to Boston and we did Boston, I was like, yo, what the what the freak? Like, there's so many people out here, bro. No, we're everywhere. We're everywhere. Honestly, but, like, we're, bro, we're everywhere. This summer, I've seen that we are everywhere. Trust me, we are the culture. Facts, big facts. But that's still amazing just as an upcoming artist to get that look and to get the opportunity. Do you feel like you've grown as a performer now? Yeah, most definitely. Like, I feel like I've always, um, I feel like this tour with with David was like, I feel like, like, generally, I feel like it was God because I feel like there was point, certain points, you know, on, um, uh, like, even in the New York show, that's a whole funny even story. Like, I feel like that was like, I had humbling moments and I had moments that I, I needed to be able to be prepared as a performer, things that I, I, I got to test that worked and didn't work understanding how to work the stage, so many different points like that. So instead of me just going on the stage and be like, hey, let me scream these lyrics at you and just rap, the, rap over the beat. Like, it's about understanding how to move the crowd. Even when you're losing them, how can I get back, get them back in there? You know what I'm saying? So it was really big. And, you know, shout out to David, man. Like, he really, like that whole camp, they really fuck with me, bro. So like, I'm very appreciative that they could even get me on there. No, that's love. David O and his camp. They've helped out so many young artists. And I think it's really great that you got the opportunity. And it's like you said, it's all those little details. Because when you're yeah. coming up, you know, at first it seems like, yeah, let me just get on the stage and scream out lyrics. But when you get that type of opportunity and when you get to watch someone like David, who's been doing this for like over a decade now, you learn all the little details and the intricacies of what makes a truly great show and a truly great performance. Exactly, bro. Exactly. You couldn't have said it any better. So the first time that I actually became aware of you musically was through Trap Lena. And yeah, man, I feel like that group really resonated with a particular sect of young Nigerians that Mm -hmm. I want to say upper middle class group of Nigerians. And I think what you guys did was really important in terms of 
pushing rap music and self-expression yeah and self-expression yeah for a younger for a younger generation that was kind of finding themselves at that time so how did the group come together and what was your mindset as an artist then wow uh crazy um me and cash actually went to high school together um so me and cash went high school together and like cash rapped i rap but our like our careers were never like like we obviously we like we knew each other and you know we're family friends and stuff like that but after i left high school um he kind of did his own thing he went to florida i stayed in georgia i was in like the like can i curse on this yeah you're good yeah my bad i curse a lot i was in like bumblefuck of georgia like it doesn't get any more country than where i went to school so i went to this school i didn't have anything to do but like get high and like record you know what i'm saying so yeah. i worked on my first project and then cash calls me one day he's like bro you should just like do trap landing with me and i was like shit fuck it let's do it you know what i'm saying and um then from i think at the point trap landing was really only merch at the time and um the way he got me you know he wanted to start the trap planet music like on top of the trap planet merch and then we did that. And then funny enough, I met Zanny the summer before I went to college because through our uh, our parents, funny enough. Um, and Zanny was just, we all just became super cool. And then Zan was like, wasn't really rapping at first. He was really like our fashion guy. And then um, and then all of a sudden, like, you know, Zan started rapping, he was killing it. And then Cash found Ober on the internet. Funny enough, Cash found oh, wow. Ober on the internet. Yeah, and then it, it, that was that, man. And then like at the time, like, I think at the time it was just like, there's so many things that I feel like Trap Leonard did for like, you know, and I don't want to even sound like I'm tooting my own horn or anything. Like, you know, I feel like there was so much we did, you know what I'm saying? That like helped kids feel like it was possible not to just do Afrobeat, Afrobeat, Afrobeat. You know what I'm saying? So, for sure. Yeah, like, bro, shout out Cash, man. He was the mastermind behind it, bro. I really was. For me, I've never really cared too much about all the other stuff. I've always just been about the music, bro. I don't really care. Like, I like, I really just, I'm all about the art, bro. Yeah, I feel you. But no, you guys had a solid branding as a group. Yeah, that was all Cash, bro. That was all Cash. That was all Cash and Zanny. I was, I was, it's like we were all like sectored off. You know what I'm saying? Like everybody was doing their own thing. I was, I was really locked in on making sure that the records and the hooks were always good. And we always had something people could chant. Cash was always focused on, okay, how can I get us here and there? And then the clothes and Kat and Zan was about the aesthetic and Oba was also about the music, but everybody kind of added their own thing. But yeah, bro, at the time it was, it was amazing, bro, because it was like doing something with your friends that seemed so rebellious. You know what I'm saying? Like, we would pull up to like beat FM. Right. And we're like 10 deep and we're doing the beat FM show or beat FM radio host. And they're like, why are you guys always coming with so many people? Why are you always coming with so many people? Like they used to be so annoyed. We, we, we used, they used to give us like four bands. Cause you know, there was only like four of us in Traplanta and yeah. they would give us like four bands. And then we would be sneaking all our homies in trying to like, take, we barely put the bands on, take it off, go give it to like Ray or Mason or, or, um, or Nashe, everybody like that. So, right at the time, bro, like at the peak of it, of it all, bro, it was it was bro, it was beautiful, bro. There's no, there's not, there was nothing else like it. I felt like it felt like my brothers, bro. It was it was crazy, bro. It was crazy. I loved it. So, when did you realize that there was this community in Nigeria that was actually hungry for this type of music? Um. I think when me and Cash dropped Why Flex, 
the summer of 2016, I think, we dropped a song called Wild Flex. I remember that. And it just, and it just went crazy, bro. I remember like, cause I've never been a Twitter person, bro. And at the time I might've had like 200 followers on Twitter, <laughs> but um, I remember we dropped, bro. And it just went so crazy. And I was like, and I was like, yo, like people are tweeting me every day and all these different things. And, you know, you go back to Nigeria people are, kids are running up to you. And I think that's when I realized it was a thing, bro. Like, cause you know, I hadn't been to Nigeria in almost like three years like when I came back in 2017. So I, I think it was when I came back and I saw the kids where like there was a Western influence with fashion, you know, fashion is always the first thing that kicks in and then everything will follow after. And then I think after I saw the Western influence of fashion, I was like, okay, yeah, now nah, this music at some point is going to make sense. We just got to stay down. Facts and it worked. Like it, it nah, goes it worked, crazy on, bro. on a different level now. Not at work, bro. I feel like it opened the door for a lot of kids that are rapping now and a lot of the younger generation. They don't know we had to take the blows for them to be able to be out here to be. We had, we had to we had to crawl for them to be able to run right now. And I think the younger generation of, of hip hop artists right now coming out of Africa, not just Nigeria, is really just amazing, bro. Honestly, it's like it's really dope. Shout out to Mem Gang, too. They were a big part of this pushing Ghana as well. Facts, yeah. So like. I want you to elaborate on some of the blows or the hardships that you guys faced, like the criticisms that you might have faced as well, trying to come up. Bro, we would be on live radio and they would be telling us that we need to, you need to add more African influences in your music. You need to, you don't, you need to do Afrobeat. I remember we were in the studio with a really, who a producer at the time who, he wasn't that big yet, but now he's massive. You know what I'm saying? Like he's one of the biggest producers out of Africa. I won't mention his name, but um he was like he was like we came to his crib and we you know we're coming and we're ready to make these like rap records right as traplana and he's like no no i only have afrobeat beats for you guys and we're like bro we don't we don't do that we we rap you know what i'm saying and that was a big thing is of just like the constant struggle of like you know you're trying to push something but then people are telling you like nah you gotta do you gotta do it like this you gotta do it like that and then getting your mic cut on stage two, three years in a row, that 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 sucked. But like, you know, it kind of came with it, you know, kind of being like these out, we were outcasts, bro. You know what I'm saying? We sagged our pants, we smoked, we, we, we just, we were ruffians, bro. We had tattoos, we had earrings. It was just everything yeah. about us was just off. You know what I'm saying? And like, we had dreads, we had all this stuff before everybody was doing all the stuff they're doing now. We were, we were doing it, you know what I'm saying? Um, and yeah, like it was, it was tough, bro, because it was at the time you feel like, man, it's like, are, are we going to have to like change to be able to be accept, accepted? But like, yeah, bro, it was tough, bro. It was really tough, bro. It was really, really tough, bro. It was really, really tough. It was, it was, I can imagine because in Nigeria as well, just so many negative connotations go with some of the things you already said. Like people just judge you off appearance already. Yeah, bro. Um, Honestly, bro. And then people would tell you, oh, you're, you're not accepting your culture. Oh, people would just say the craziest things, but it's just like, well, we're product of our situations, but we go to school in America, bro. You know what I'm saying? And this is what we're doing in America. You know what I'm saying? Like black people are all black people in America. We're not divided. You know what I'm saying? So, um, yeah, bro, it was tough, but, you know, I feel like, in general, bro, like, it's awesome to see that, like, now people are rapping in Nigeria, bro, you know what I'm saying? So it's like, and doing the style of rap we were doing, you know what I'm saying? Because at the time, you know, it was like, I think it was a heavy lyricism thing with 
people like Shodem Camp, like the Paul DRB guys like that. And then we came in and it was young, refreshing, was high energy, was jumping around, it was mosh pitting, it was all these things. And you know, now there's a whole new generation that comes right after us, just going like really hard. Yeah, you guys are at that pivotal point a real product of the influences of SoundCloud, I think, meshing oh, with yeah, bro. just music oh, yeah. in general. Because like you said, Y Flex, I remember dropped on SoundCloud and that oh, yeah. song was fucking hard. Yeah, Nina too. I think Nina dropped like a month or two after. Yeah, um, see, Nina, Nina was yeah, another yeah. crazy one because I specifically remember people tweeting the I don't trust a soul lyric like yeah. all the time. <laughs> like you saw that shit all the time. Yeah, bro. Shout out Ray, bro. Ray was another mastermind in it too, bro. I really feel like Ray is one of the most talented people I've ever met. So shout out Ray, man. Shout out No Politics, man. That was a bro, crazy moments, bro. This is bringing back so much memories, bro. It's crazy. <laughs> yeah, uh, like I I was tapped in with all of you guys around that time and the music that yeah. was coming out was super exciting. And I remember being excited because it's Nigerians making this music. Mm-hmm. And I was waiting for the day where it would be more accepted, I guess. And I'm glad mm. to see that it's just on a wider cultural level, the sound and the music is more accepted. There's still a lot that needs to be done. Like there's still more yeah. progress I think we need to make, but we've come There's not enough way. structure yet. There's not enough structure yet, but it's, it's going to get there, bro. Oh, definitely. Yeah. The lack of structure is a big hindrance, I feel, but we're- It wouldn't be Africa the if there wasn't- it wouldn't be Africa if there wasn't a lack of structure, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. I feel like it just sort of comes with the territory. Uh, the Niage music industry is, we know it's a mess. It's a mess, but yeah, it's definitely moving in the right direction. And I'm excited to see all the different Nigerian talents sort of getting their due in different genres as well, not just yeah, Afrobeats and Afropop. There's so many guys, bro. There's so many guys. And I love, I love all of them. Like, I'm one of those guys where it's like people might not know I'm listening, but I'm always listening, bro. Like I'm listening all the time. Like if, and even if I, when I don't want to listen, TDR and AKA, they will send me somebody that like, I hear that, bro, you need to know about this guy. And the guy might have 1000 followers. Might be like, yo, this is fucking sick. You know what I'm saying? So I'm always listening, bro. I know, I know everybody that's doing everything. Like they might not know the section knows, but I know, trust me. It's always good to have some DJs in your circle. They always keep you in the loop. Oh, yeah. But I, I, I try to keep only music people around me. Like, I know that sounds weird. Like, obviously, I have, like, my personal friends. I have nothing to do with music. But I try to keep music people around me all the time, bro, because I want, I'm a learner. I love to learn. So I feel like the only way to learn is to be around people that are better than you at things. Like, you know, somebody might have a better ear than you in this sound or whatever it is. But I mean, they might be a better musician, producer, whatever it is. I try to keep mu- musicians around me or music lovers around me. So that way I'm always... Like, my love for music never goes anywhere. Fully immersing yourself in the process. Bro, I'm telling you, bro, I'm so in it. Like, my my boy Goss tells me sometimes, he's like, bro, we, like, we're going crazy. I'll be like, nah, bro, like, we're not. And then he'd be like, it's because you're too in it, bro. And I'll be like, yeah, I think so. <laughs> shout out to Goss, man. Yeah, no, it's really Gauze, like, though, when you're in it, when you're really, really in it, it's hard to see yeah. the, the progress sometimes. And you'll never, you're never able to look at it like a fan would or just a regular listener would because you're so, you're so into it. Yeah, especially after this summer. I think it's like when I kind of like, I, I honestly, I still feel like I could have, like, I know a lot of people say like, yo, you had a crazy, you're having a crazy year so far. And I'd be like, dude, you really think so? But like, I don't know, like, I'm, 
I don't know. I'm just, bro. I'm like, I'm overly critical. Like, if you if you knew me and you were in the studio with me, like, bro, this guy's so hard on himself. And I'm like, I don't know. I'm like, I'm, I'm my biggest competition, bro. Because I because I wanna I wanna be better than I was yesterday. So, I don't know. I'm in there, bro. I'm in the process right now, bro. Like, I'm I'm so locked in. I feel you. So this mentality of you're your biggest competition was that kind of did that play a role in you eventually going solo because i know traplana like you guys all went your separate ways mm-hmm. but you seem to i think pick it up around what 2018 2019 as a solo artist yeah and what was your mentality i guess transitioning from being in a group to now functioning as a completely solo artist um i think you know talking to cash one thing i always told like like i think one thing was, I feel like with the Traplander music, I feel like people really love the Traplander music, but I was always experimenting, bro. You know what I'm saying? Like, I like experimenting is my thing. Like, and, and I feel like people are really going to be able to feel that soon, but we'll get into that later. But um, yeah. I feel like it was, it was me experimenting so much. And then there were like, we had, we started having a little creative differences and, but these are still all my brothers, by the way, um, just to make that clear. Um, for anybody who thinks there's any negativity attached to anything. These no, are that's all love. That's all um, love. Uh, so it's like, for me, it was just like creative differences, man. Like I had to just like go do my thing, bro. It was just like, I just felt like it was time for me to spread my wings. It went, and because I felt like, you know, it, as much as I loved rapping, you know, I started really diving into Afrobeat. I started diving into R&B and and different forms of hip hop and all these different things. And I wanted to be able to share it outside of Traplana. And I know some people would be like, well, you could have just stayed with them and done it. Like, you know, there's, for example, there's people like Bud, like Budge and, you know, what he did with DRB, but, but I just wanted to do my own thing, bro. Uh, I've always been like, and I'm a Sag too, bro. So as soon as I'm, as soon as I feel like it's time for a shift, right? Like I'm, I'm, I'm so abrupt with things. Like I was like, no, nah, I gotta go do my own thing. But no, I feel that. It, it was for me, it was just like, yeah, bro. For me, it was just like, yeah, bro. I just feel like I got to go do my own thing. And, and it ended up working out for the best, I believe so. Definitely. So I get that you wanted to experiment with these different things. And that explains a lot of the musical choices you started making going mm-hmm. solo. So I want to talk Love, Lies, and Bleeding because that was your mm-hmm. first solo project after trap landed so yeah let's just walk through it like what was your mindset in putting that together um that was a really tough time in my life bro um geez that was tough bro that project is tough it's hard for me to even listen to that project um uh because i was like in a really bad place and um i just had a lot of stuff going on bro like i was um I'd almost died, which was like a crazy situation that I should never have been in. You know what I'm saying? And that's where the title came from. You know what I'm saying? I, I at the time I was working with my boy Carson, um, and I've known him since high school. And you know, we I was just talking to him about creative direction. He came to me with this idea of this plant that only blossoms during the summertime, right? Called Love Lies Bleeding. And I felt like after an incident, my incident of me almost losing my life, um, that. That's how I felt like I had found love because I found the love of my life. But then I felt lies because of the betrayal that led to certain things. And even me leaving Traplanta, like, but I feel like lies is always a negative connotation. It's just like, for me, I took lies as kind of like a, kind of like a play of like strife. 
You know what I'm saying? So there's mm-hmm. love and then, then, then lies is like strife, right? And then bleeding was me actually seeing my own blood, right? From me almost losing my life and me then using that to be, kind of be like, okay, um, my bleeding is like me, was like, a, the bleeding was the reality check, right? So, you know, you, you find love, there's strife, and then there's your reality check, which was the bleeding, right? Mm-hmm. And I feel like that project, when I went into the project, shout out uh, Jay-Z Production, Mastodon, and uh, 88J, and AJ Rule, my record as well. They they did all the production on the project. And um, I just, I, I'd come back from December, and it was a really tough December for me because I had just, I'd gone to December, I'd gone to Lagos like five days after I had an incident where like, I, you know what I'm saying? It just, yeah. yeah. So I was in Nigeria. My mind was just really bad. I had to go back. I had to go pray. I had to go do a lot of things. And I came back and I remember my first studio session of the year, I made melatonin, which is track eight. Um, And I'll even, I'll even break that down to you too. Cause I feel like now that I, that, you know, fortunately you've called me on this podcast, I can talk more about how the structure of why the project was done the way it, it was done. Right. Yeah. So before I get into it, it took eight months for me to make this project, right? And it took eight months. I did eight songs, right? And I dropped it on the eighth day of the eighth month of the year. Crazy, right? So yeah. I was manifesting in eights because eights were, eight was, was balance and prosperity and a new beginning. You know what I'm saying? That's what the number eight means. So it was me trying to like kind of spread my wings. Remember what I told you about the flower only blossoms during the summertime. And I dropped it on the last summer, last month of summer, which was my blossoming and my coming out as D and D section. Right. And I, the first song I made was track eight melatonin, which is like, I don't listen to <laughs> like my real fans love that song, but I don't listen to that song. It's just, it's, it's just like triggering. Um, and then I was just recording crazy, bro. I probably had to pick between 40 songs, like, and bring 40 songs down to eight tracks. And um, the last song I made was Get Out Your Feelings, which is so crazy. I didn't even want to put that song on the project. I didn't even like it when I made it. Um, Word? Yeah, bro. Which is Why crazy, didn't you? Right? Bro, because it was like, it was, <laughs> um, <laughs> it was like one of those songs where like, you know who it's directed to, but nobody else knows who it's directed to. And okay. I was just like, yeah. And I was like, I, cause bro, you know, one thing about me is that like I tell people, right. Is that, you know, a lot of people be like, oh, section, da, 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 da. But bro, this is my only outlet. You know what I'm saying? Um, music is my only outlet. This is the only way I know how to express myself. I don't talk to many people. I'm an introvert. Um, so music is the only way I can kind of let things out. And that day I was just in the studio and AJ was just like, bro, fucking put it on the mic, bro. And I recorded it where I'm sitting right now. And um, he was like, let it out, bro. Let it out. Let it out. And it took me crazy. This short song took me three hours to make. And um, just because I was so, I was so, there was so much built up inside me. Right. And yeah. I remember what I, I remember what I was wearing that day. I remember everything. I remember who was in the studio that day. I remember all of that. Every, it was, I took so long. People started falling asleep. And then AJ was falling asleep. AJ is uh, who co-produced it with 88J and who was engineering at the time for me. And he was like, bro, let's go, let's go, let's go. It's sounding crazy. And then I finished it. And then that's the one and only mix. The day we bounced it, that's the mix that everybody listened to was the day we bounced it. There was no master. There was no going back and mixing it. That was it. That, that song was made that day. We didn't go back. We didn't touch anything. 
AJ told me to go do a second verse. I told him no. And I told him, bro, just put my, then AJ decided to loop my ad libs at the end. And um, I didn't like it because obviously like I'm talking about a specific person, specific set of people actually. And um, at the time I was like, bro, I don't want to put this out. I don't like it. And everybody I played a song for was like, nah, this is it. This is the one, da, 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 da. And I was like, okay. I thought it was Needs and Wants. I thought Needs and Wants was going to be a song to get out of here. Um, but yeah, it ended up being Get Out Your Feelings, bro. It's good that you listen to the people around you because, yeah, it's the one, yeah. bro. <laughs> it's the <laughs> yeah, one, Yeah, nah. I'm happy I listened to them, bro. I'm happy I listened to them. Shout out AJ, man. AJ likes to push me, so shout out AJ, bro. But yeah, but I feel like one thing I didn't like about Get Out Your Feelings is that I feel like it, may, it distracted people from the rest of the project. And, um, yeah, but it, I mean, I mean, you can't be mad, right? You can't be mad at it, but I, I get that because you're a really introspective writer. And I think, on, at least on Love Lies Bleeding, you started giving an inkling of like your storytelling ability. Mm -hmm. But it was actually really interesting to hear that it came from such a hard place because I feel like a lot of the records on there, not necessarily lighthearted, but can be played in like, you know, a chill situation where you're vibing or like, not necessarily party music, but like feel good music in a way. Yeah. And I've, no, no, I have, going. This, I have this theory where it's like, I want people to dance at my pain. It's, I don't know if that sounds ridiculous or not, but I feel like you got like, you know, you ever heard the saying, you got to turn every negative into a positive. That's how yeah, I try sure. to make my music. I don't want to make it, I don't want anybody to be like, man, life is hard. Da, da, da. It's like, it's like, dude, like we go through this, but the most beautiful part is that like, where it's this pain is temporary and we're gonna we're gonna enjoy ourselves you know what i'm saying from headshots which is just like to me it's like i don't think i've had an intro that good until until this new project that we'll talk about later on um um that i feel like i just that intro was just and i freestyled the whole intro i didn't write a single thing now um i did it like i, I did it in like a two like a take and a half i think because for the only reason it's even a take and a half is because my boy had walked in and they started making noise and I just punched right back in. Toy was there. Toy was there when I made it as well. And we made it funny enough. They made the beat. I fell asleep. I was like really drunk off wine. <laughs> and then I went in there freestyled. And then like, that was just crazy, bro. And I just remember structuring the project. I brought in so many different musicians in Atlanta that I respected to help me structure the project to get their real opinion on it. So that project took a lot. It was like a lot of thinking and a lot of like, changing there were songs they were supposed to be on there that never made it on there and the structuring was like a really big thing too so the fact it came out the way it did was crazy even don't tease too is like crazy people don't even people didn't even some people didn't even pick up the reference so um yeah yo don't tease is a crazy record i feel yeah. like that one really flew under the radar did you did you pick up where i got the the interpolation from no i didn't honestly where'd you get it from Have, have you ever heard uh sing about you by um by Kendrick when the lights turn down and it's my turn to settle down? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. promise that you will sing about oh me. shit. Now that you're saying yeah. it, <laughs> yeah, it's crazy, That's insane because right? I can hear it now, but like I yeah, didn't bro, put it together. Bro, I tell people, bro, my music has layers. Like I make music for real music listeners. Like my music has layers, bro. Like I, I might layer a layer on top of another layer and layer, and people will have no idea how many layers there are. Like I put so many layers onto things, like because I and even to production and everything. People, 
people don't know how like much I put into it, just like making a certain part sound a certain way. So yeah, bro, that was a shout out to Medina too, bro. She really murdered that. Dog. Yeah, so Medina's a legend, man. But nah, as soon as we're done, I'm gonna have to run that track back because that's <laughs> wild, yo. Like I can yeah. perfectly hear it now, but yeah, it's I don't crazy. Know, I right? never click. Yeah, that's I real think, crazy. I think only like a couple people picked it up. Like I think first day somebody tweeted me like, "Yo, this is ridiculous," and I was like, oh, "Okay, somebody picked it up fast. That was dope." Um, but yeah, nah, that was a uh, yeah. There were some songs I really loved on that project, bro. No, as you should. Like I think yeah. as a as a coming out party as a solo artist, I think it was a great debut, and yeah, it was really diverse. Yeah, I feel like it was the, I felt like what I wanted it to feel like, because I feel like, you know, the UK has crafted this perfect fusion of like UK and American and uh, African music, right? I kind of wanted it to be like the definition of who I am, you know what I'm saying? Which is like, you know, I grew up in Nigeria. I came here when I was like 10. So I came here in a very important development stage in my life, right? And um, I came to Atlanta, bro, which is very important in to black culture I, you know Atlanta the most to me the three most important black cities in the world are London uh Lagos and Atlanta um continent wise because the three most like to me like for black culture Europe black Europeans Africans and then black Americans those are the three number one cities and coming here at that time that project I wanted it to sound like this is a kid that has literally has a split you ever heard of uh, Dual Mentality by Du Bois, where by uh, W-E-D, W-E-B, Du Bois, I'm sorry, I'm a sociologist, I'm really into sociology too, so, so if I start going off on some shit, let me know. <laughs> no, you good, you good. So I kind of have like this dual mentality where I feel like my brain is split in half, right, where like I'm an Atlanta nigga, but I'm also a Lagos boy, you get what I'm saying? So like, for me, it was like, I wanted people to be like, okay, this, this guy is Nigerian, but like, there's something else in there too, you know what I'm saying? So... That was the point of that project was that's why songs like Take Time were on there. I remember even crafting Take Time like well, that was one of those like one of my nerd moments where I have an idea and I really bring it out to life. And I really love when I do stuff like that. So that Take Time record was also really amazing. How long did it take you to put it together? The project? Eight months to me. No, no, not the project. Take Time, like the record itself. Um... Me and Isaac and Jason, we made that beat. And I think a lot of people don't know too. I don't credit myself on production wise. I'm going to start doing that, but I actually co-produce every record I do. Um, just about every one. Um, but uh, geez, we had made that beat. It took us like an hour and a half to make the beat. Zarion pulled up, me and Zarion did the chorus. And then I laid down my verse. And then funny enough, I we had made the song and we we're like, yo, this is a hit. And Toy wasn't even on the song. I just, Toy had come to my house like, a week later, and then he, I played it, and he's like, bro, I have to be on the song. I have to be on the song. I have to be on the song. So I was like, okay, Toy, if, if you want to be on the song, I'll put you on the song. And then Toy being Toy, so Toy, when you're listening to this, you took two and a half weeks to send that song back. That's the only reason it took so damn long. Um, <laughs> but after that, that was, uh, after Toy sent it back, it was pretty quick, bro. So maybe like a month to get it all done, including mixing, because I take mixing very, very serious. So, um, we we probably did like 20 mixes of that song. Oh wow. So I find it yeah. so funny that you had 20 mixes of that and then a song like Get Out Your Feelings, it was literally first mix. That's it. Yeah, bro. My rap stuff, like I really try not to overmix, bro, because like I have I'm I'm blessed with one of the best engineers in the world, AJ engineers for a lot of really important people. So I'm really blessed to have him. Um 
So sometimes we don't need to go back, but things like take time, you kind of want to go back because there's a lot of instrumentation in it. There's a lot of other voices, you know, there's so stuff like that. You kind of want to track it out and really make it sound big, especially Afrobeat. You really want to like with Afro fusion songs, you really want to make sure that like you're really making sure that it makes sounds good. So that was probably the only reason we went back so many times. But my rap no, stuff, I don't, I don't go back too much. Yeah, because especially like you said, with Afro records, you want it to feel really like dynamic and lively and yeah full yeah. you want every part to hit yeah if it doesn't then people are you're gonna lose people so you know what i'm saying shout out my mom too because my mom be on my head about that so yeah. so you playing her mixes too yeah bro dude man oh man bro playing my mom music is tough oh my gosh um i play her so she's like there's not enough drums there's not enough it needs more and i'll be like Oh man, I, I'm not playing you anything anymore. But shout out my mom, man. She's like, she's very important. She doesn't know anything about mixing, but she'll she'll say things, and I'll try to like figure out what she's talking about because you know, like she's not like a musician. So I'll try and figure it out, and then I'll go back and make changes. My mom's opinion on my on my songs really matters to me too. It's like the final part of my process. That's real. That's real. So yeah, she gets bro. the the final listen on the project. Yeah, oh, no, not everything. There's certain songs that I don't even send to my mom. My mom's a deacon in church. She doesn't want to hear certain things, bro. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> so there's certain songs I won't send her at all, bro. Like, I didn't send it take time, but, like, on, on Running Away with Manny, with Manny Wells, like, I had, I, like, that one, she was really, really important in that one. Like, she, she basically ended the record, in my opinion. Oh, damn. That's so cool, though. I love that she's able to play that type of role in, in your music making. Yeah, it wasn't always like that, bro, but, you know, yeah take some time for them to see the vision exactly bro exactly i think other people telling her like yo your kid is actually really talented kind of made her be like yeah okay yeah nigerian parents like african parents even they're so funny where sometimes they just need that external validation before they want to really believe in what you're doing yeah and to all the kids like to, to younger people listening to this too bro just know that like you're with African parents, you're always gonna have to prove yourself. And after you prove yourself, then you can say, I told you so. So just prove yourself. Facts, just prove yourself. So I want to get into bad things will not happen again. Okay. And the way I perceived this project was that to me, lyrically, you were more introspective. So I saw a lot of self-reflection and the songs lyrically seem to revolve either around you or the people closest to you. So okay. I I want to know, like, what kind of headspace you were in when this project was coming together and sort of the things that inspired you when when you were making this. Um, geez, okay. Um, uh, it's crazy because, like, so the project's named after my mom. Um, my, the, my mom's name is Oza Mezier, and I wanted to name it after her. And that's the meaning of her name is Bad Things When I Happen Again. It's um, based on, you know, the Biafra War. Uh, so, I, I, but I felt like I could turn it into a positive connotation. You know what I'm saying? And yeah. um, I just felt like it was really fire. So, and I've always loved the meaning of her name. Um, but going into the project, bro, for me, it was, uh, I just wanted to really put out a really good set of songs that felt really good together. Right. Um, this one was more about the feeling 
than the message. This one was all about feeling. It's like, how did the songs feel? Do they feel like they should be together? Do they not feel like they should be together? Um, so yeah. If you have any sp more specific questions, I'll be able to to break it down because that song, that project is like, oh man, to even start breaking it down like vaguely is, is a lot. <laughs> no, I get you. Okay, let's just start with you said you feel like villain is your your best intro now. So uh, I I feel like villain is my best intro for now. For now, okay, that's that's a better yeah. way of saying it. Yeah, for now, this next project is yeah. <laughs> Okay, you know, we're still gonna get into that. But like let's talk about let's talk about villain. Okay. So you had the um the Sampha sample. Sample. So let's start from there even. Like why what led you to choosing that sample? That has been my favorite live performance since high school, bro. Since my sophomore year of high school. I think that came out in 2015. Um, and no, that was my senior year of high school, maybe I don't know, but so long ago. But I, I was like, bro, I'm going to sample this one. Now I'm going to sample this one day. And then um, I was just like watching like a, a YouTube breakdown randomly of uh, Lemon Pepper Freestyle. And then I saw the, uh, that Drake had actually sampled a live performance. And, and I started working and I'd been working with my producer, Seven Cent and, um, and uh, Three, uh, who funny enough come together to be a tandem called Perfect Ten. And I was like, dude, like we have to sample this. And it, and at first they sent me a sample, it was too fast. I didn't like it. And I was like, bro, slow it down, slow it down, slow it down. And like, let it just vibe, let the, let the sample talk. And um, yeah, bro, then all of a sudden, like they sent me that beat. And I remember funny enough, I was at Gaza's house with, uh, with, with, with OG uh, six. And um, we were at his house and they sent me that beat. And I was like, bro, I gotta go home. And they were like, and I remember OG will tell you, this is a true story. He was like, bro, you have to rap the realest shit you've ever rapped on this song. I was like, bro, I'm about to write the realest shit I've ever written in my life. And I went home. I tried to do something. I didn't feel it. And then I woke up in the morning, bro, at like five in the morning. And I just wrote. And I, I just wrote everything that was on my chest, on my head. And I just wrote. I was like, I don't care how it sounds. I don't care about anything. And then I managed to finesse my boy Isaac, who I'm always finessing to pull up to record me. Because I, ha I hadn't learned how to record myself yet. And because I had made this song like, maybe like 20, 20, 2021, like, I don't know. It was, I think 2020, I think that's what I made it was 2020. And um, and then I think I, I just recorded, bro, and it just felt good. And I remember I just like, yo, I really like this. And and it was really personal because I got to talk about everything. You know what I'm saying? Everything, like, I, I feel like that song at the time I addressed everything. There wasn't anything I didn't address, so. Yeah, that transparency, that openness, I feel like that was the running theme for me through this project where you're just giving us a deeper look into some of the things that you've been going through and dealing with. Yeah, most definitely. But I, I wanted people to, you know, kind of get deep and then, you know, we turned them up with the second song. So I was, I, that, was the, that second song was very exciting to make. I really okay, yeah, let's talk the second song. Shout out to Abib, shout out to SMV. Let's, let's talk Twist and Tease. Oh my God, that was a gang day, bro. There cannot be a more gang day than that, bro. Like, it was the most, it's one of the most organic songs I've ever made in my life. It's the most organic song I've ever made in my life. Like, so, genuinely. It just, y'all were just chilling or what happened? 
So we had been like, yo, let's all go to the studio and stuff. Like we went to Beep's house, you know what I'm saying? You know, the studio, the crib is always a studio though. For yeah. every artist listening, the crib, anywhere there's a mic is a studio. And um, we were just kind of like, yeah, like me and Beep were like chilling. We were, we were vibing and me and Beep were like, we're really like, he he might he might not say it, but we're really like when I'm in the studio with him, I get really competitive. You know what I'm saying? When I'm in the studio with him, because I know Habib is gonna bring it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, he goes and crazy, bro. I know one thing I know about Habib is he's gonna bring it. Like that's one, one guy. Like if there's you know like a sure nigga, that's a sure nigga. Like that's one guy. I know if I send this to Habib, I'm gonna get Habib or Lami. I know I'm gonna get what I want for sure. Or Smooth, Smooth's also another sure nigga, and um. I remember I was, oh man, I was, I was faded. Oh my gosh. And we're, and then we would end up ordering Bismala, which is like this little, like, like, I have a whole video of the day, which is so crazy. We ended up ordering like some Indian food. We're all eating Indian food. Some of the homies is trying it for the first time. And it's so funny because this was the first time that my, and it's funny because what's so funny about it is that Lamav had played me that beat in Nigeria. And I told him exactly what I was going to do. And I said, but I'm going to go put Smooth and Habib on this song and it's going to be a hit. And it was like, at the time it was like a, it was only like a one minute loop. And I brought the beat and it was the first time that my American homies, like Smooth and Alex, who's my, who's one of my musician homies. And we, that had come and mixed with guys like Habib and Zanny and all these niggas. And I think EJ was in the studio too. And it was just dope because it was the first time that like, we had all been in the studio together, right? Like my American side and my Nigerian side of, of myself. And we were all in the studio together. We were just like, I remember I laid my verse down and I was like, oh man, my verse is hard. And then Habib, just being Habib, goes and one takes his verse like a jackass he is. Um, <laughs> yeah, because it took it took me forever to do my verse because I was freestyling. Sometimes I can be lazy and I'll just be punching in. And then Beep comes over there and realizes his verse and just obliterates it. And um, at first it was only that. And then Smooth came out of nowhere and Smooth pulled up late, of course. And He's like, oh, bro, this sounds crazy. And Smooth is like recording this hook, and we're all kind of like watching these random YouTube videos and like of of Gideon or whatever. I don't know. And we were watching these random YouTube videos together. And next thing you know, like Smooth is like, okay, I think I have something. I don't know how I feel about it. I don't know if I rock with it or not. And we're like, bro, just play it. And he played it. And as soon as I heard the way you twist and tease, yeah, I just want to be me and Habib look at each other. We kind of give each other this look, and we're like, hold on, play that back, bro. <laughs> and then we played it back and we're listening to it and I'm like okay this is crazy and it was not even the second verses yet it was just my verse next to Habib's verse and then Smooth's verse and I was like and then I went home and I just started mixing it by my I, I just I remember I, I was laying in bed with my significant other and I was like and I was just mixing it you know what I'm saying and it, she and she was like, "Oh my gosh, this sounds so cool!" And I was like, "I know, I need to lock in." Next day, I'm like, I call her, be like, "Bro, I don't care what you're doing today. We're finishing this song." And then I pulled up, we finished the song, and bro, that was that, man. That was just super organic, bro. It wasn't anything like crazy. Like we were all eating Indian food, watching YouTube videos, and just recording, bro, and and getting faded. And no, there's a real like nice flow to that record. Like it sounds organic. It sounds like it came together on just some on some positive shit for real. Yeah, bro. Just like three guys that are super talented that all really respect and love each other. Those are my two favorite artists in general. Um, not just like main, mainstream everything. You know what I'm saying? Those yeah. are my two favorite artists. So 
I, it was, but it was, but it was, it was fire because you know another one of those moments where like I have an idea and then it comes to life. So that was just really that was I love that like Twist and Tease was what dude, I I really but I love that song a lot. I mean, I, I really do. No, that's real. And since we're going into into these records, we have to talk about Runaway then because okay. I think Runaway has what the second verse on it, one of my favorite from you, like. Mm-hmm. it's let's let's just get into it like what were you going through when you wrote that uh that was another really dark time in my life um i had me and my significant other had just split up and um i was just in a real dark place man and it was just other things going on in my life that just had me in a really dark place and I remember, bro, it's even so funny. The day that I made Runaway, I actually broke one of my speakers. Um, and it was just like, bro, I felt like the devil was on my ass. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And that's why the song is called Runaway Devil is a Liar, because I broke my speaker that day and I felt like the world was trying to make me not finish the song and not make this song, right? And, bro, I remember I was lying down on my couch and then Jason started, I mean, ADAJ, who's, who produced it with Isaac, but then I'll get into how many other people helped on production. And he had played the chords down and I was like, I hear spirits calling, run away from fire. And then bro was, he looked back at me, he's like, bro, put a voice note on right now. And then I just started singing and I was really like singing from like a place of just like, bro, like, I just feel like there's, there's like, I'm trying to, I'm not trying to run into the fire of negativity, but I'm trying to run away from everything that's negative. You know what I'm saying? Anything that's not for me, you know, fire burns you, you know what I'm saying? And negativity can burn you too. So I was like, man, I gotta, I gotta get away from it. And it was just me trying to make, turn a positive, a negative into a positive. And that verse, man, that was just, I remember I'd only had the chorus and then, you know, I tried to do a verse and then my boy, Isaac is always going to be the person to tell me like, yo, bro, just go back. I know you, bro. Just, I know your best verses come where there's nobody there and it's you and it's early in the morning and you're going to write it and you're going to call me at eight o'clock in the morning and tell me you've written the verse. That's literally how it always goes. And I was like, yeah, bro, let me go back with it. And the next day I went and I was just, I know it wasn't even next. Day, I just kept listening to it and it took me two, three days. And then finally one day I was just sitting there and then the pocket came to me and I was like, yup, I got it. And then I just wrote. And I just wrote it, bro. And I was like, okay, I just gotta, I gotta be raw and uncut. And um, yeah. That no, was, it came that across. Was it came and across. Then fun, and then funny enough, shout out my uh my driver, but he's more than my driver, my uncle Tayo. I call him Uncle Tayo. That's my driver. I played him the song, and he was like, I love the song. He was like, uh, oh, do you know who sound good on this song? That one guy's music you're always playing me. And I was at the time I was really into Manny Wells' project, um, uh Mirage. And uh, he was like, yeah, you should put him on the song. I was like, okay. And then at that moment, I hit up Manny and I sent him the song, like in that moment. And then Manny hit me back five minutes later, like, this is fucking incredible, bro. And I was like, thank you. And he was like, and then the next day he had the verse. You got yes. your driver and ring one of your most powerful records. That's, that's so real. I love that you were <laughs> open to it. I just love that you were open to it. Yeah, bro, bro. I like to say that like God sends messages from anybody. So you got to always be listening. You know what I'm saying? You can't have closed ears. So Thanks. that one was like, okay, bad. Like, and then, yeah, yeah, it came out, came out. No, it came out beautifully. I love that record so much. Bro, and bro, there's so many people like, I, like every, this whole record was done in my house. You know what I'm saying? Like in like 
my little two speaker and microphone setup. I had a violinist come in. My boy Alex came in and played the guitar and the bass line. Um, who else? Uh, Smooth came and did additional background vocals that you probably don't hear, but you feel. Shout out Andy. She came in and did background vocals. Habib did background vocals. Um, there's a lot of people involved in that record, bro. Like uh, Layers so on people. layers. Bro, layers, bro. I'm telling you, bro. When I love a song, I go back and I, I'm just like, bro. I, I'm my best trait is my is when I go back and I really work on the song. It might take me a while, but it's gonna come out the way it needs to. No, I, I mean, I feel it because it came out beautifully, and even like you said, I'm I have to go back and run some of these records again just to see if I can catch some of these extra, extra details yeah. that you're mentioning. Yeah, but you if when when not you'll definitely hear a beep in there. You can't even miss his voice in there. He's he's in there. No, no, yeah, I can hear a beep's voice, but like yeah, you said, yeah. smooth and other like I'm just trying to hear everything for real. Um, in the beginning, you'll hear like a, you hear like little ah, 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 ah. you'll hear all that in the beginning. That's smooth. That's not okay, even, that's, okay. That's not a random noise we found on. That's actually my my homie smooth. Um, so yeah, he came in and did my madness. Shout out to him. It's one of Shout my favorite artists to work with. So like, I know you said this project was focused more on feeling, and mm-hmm. I feel like the last three tracks sort of reflect that because you have mm-hmm. Flies in the Room, which is a song I like to throw on, you know, when you're about to step out, you got your fit on, you might've smoked, like you're feeling fresh as fuck. And, you know, mm-hmm. that's the record to play. Highest and flies in the room, set the tone. You've mm-hmm. got Larry Bird, which I feel is another really personal record. But the flow and the approach I took on it is, like, hard. It's a way, like, it's a track I feel like I can play out loud in the car. But, like, you're saying a lot of real shit and, like, speaking on, you know, certain events and things that have happened to you. But mm-hmm. the song I really want to dive into is Stomach Hurting. And... I feel like the first time I heard that song, like when it finished, I was kind of just like, damn. And there was like almost a sadness that I kind of had to sit with for a little bit because it's a sad record. And it's one of my favorite records for me, but it's not one that I go to a lot because it's a sad record. And I want to, I want to dive into that. And if you just like to speak on, how that came together. Um, geez, stomach hurting. Shout, first and first, shout out my homie Dior, fire producer. Um, one of my really one like a, a, a friend more than a producer. All my producers are friends. Everybody I work with is a friend. I don't work with strangers, but um, like um, oh geez, wow. Okay, so. That day, that the day I made Stomach Hurting, I did like five songs that day in the studio in like a four hour session. I don't know, I was just really amped up that day. I did like, I did think I did like Barriers, Warriors, Stomach Hurting. I did another song called Fear No Evil. Then um, I did another song called Real, I did like a bunch of songs that day, bro. I just remember just being in the studio, just like really pumping songs out that day. And then Stomach Hurting, like, uh, funny enough, we had forgotten about that record, but it's so funny because I was taking my significant other to the airport the next day and I had played the song and then I, I remember crying in the car, bro, because it was so deep. It was like, cause I, you know, I lost, I lost two of my really, really close friends, bro. Um, RP Mayo, man, and RP Metalface Jay. 
you know, Meadowface had, um, he had died just randomly, you know what I'm saying? There was not, we don't really know, he just had cardiac arrest and just died, you know what I'm saying? And that didn't sit well with me because there was conversations we never finished, you know what I'm saying? And I feel yeah. like that's what really hurt me was like, I feel like both of my homies I lost and my homie Mayo, who I lost to other circumstances, it was like, it was like, damn, man, like, I wish I responded to this message, you know? The week before Jay died, um, Metalface, he had messaged me to cut my hair and I didn't message him back, you know what I'm saying? And that really bothered me. And, you know, like a month before Mayo, you know, before Mayo died, you know, we were talking about linking up in Nigeria and I was actually waiting for his call. And then you know, I just got a phone call one day, like, bro, like, if you check Mayo's Instagram, people are saying RIP. And I'm like, what are you talking about, bro? Don't say that kind of sick shit to me, bro. And I went to go check and then that was that, you know what I'm saying? And um, yeah, bro, I ended up dropping a song called It's Been a While that his mom reached out to me about and was like, yo, like, thank you for immortalizing my son. And um, that was really important for my healing. Um, for after losing Mayo, I have Mayo tattered on me. I have met, I'm getting metal face tattered on me um, in, a, in like a, a couple weeks. Um, and it was, uh, it, it was, bro, it was just me talking about, you know, losing a friend to, to drug abuse and, um, and then also having a friend who was currently doing the same drug that killed my friend, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And just kind of like seeing like, uh, and then being around, you know, unfortunately some of my friends, uh, facing you know what i'm saying the crimes that i can't talk about um but then i can't I, I can't physically touch them you know what i'm saying they're behind bars and it was just a lot bro it was just like it was just a lot bro that was just a really tough time bro it was really tough bro and i was just like bro, i gotta let it out you know what i'm saying and yeah um, that's a heavy weight for anybody yeah, bro. And I was just like, bro, I got to let it all out, man. And I was like, I don't want to rap, bro. I want to sing this. You know what I'm saying? And yeah, bro, it just came out beautifully, bro. I just got the perfect beat. You know what I'm saying? And funny enough, it's RP Low Keyed. He's the beat tag in the beginning. You know what I'm saying? Because it was because he worked cl really closely with my boy Dior to produce it. And he's the be beat tag in the beginning um, of the song, funny enough. Oh, that's actually um, crazy. Right. So, um, yeah, bro, it was it was, but it was one of those like crazy moments, bro. I think one of the favorite things I, I like to not to quote myself like a fucking cornball, but you know, I, I um uh, what did I say? I said I'm losing sleep chasing dreams, and I can't wake up. Yeah, Shadi one had designer say you know, something like that, like, and I just thought that was really dope, like to talk about like what was going on, like with the chase, you know what I'm saying? While you're chasing this dream, right? That's what the song is about. Like your stomach is hurting, bro. But then also my boy was dealing with stomach pains from what he was doing with, you know what I'm saying? With the- Yeah. And, but I'm also dealing with stomach pains because I'm starving for my dream. You know what I'm saying? So it was supposed to be like, while we're on the road to whatever we're trying to reach in life, there's always going to be these obstacles, right? These outliers that people might not know about, right? And um, yeah, that that song ended like that. That song was really, it was like I I love that song, bro. I really do. I really do. I love it as well. You know, 
my condolences for your losses. I, I hope Thank your you. your brothers continue to rest in peace, man. But uh, you, yeah, man, you definitely immortalized them in a beautiful way. Like that's a really touching record. And like I said, that first time I just had to, I had to take a moment and just be like, damn, you know, you really were able to translate your emotion in a really raw, authentic way. And yeah, you got the perfect beat for it. Yeah, bro. I, kn- I knew it was one of those ones because I played it for Zan and Zan was like, every time I, Zan is one of those guys, he's all, he's brutally honest with me and I'm very fortunate to have a friend like that. And he was like, bro, this shit is crazy, bro. And I was like, bro, I, 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 cause at the time I think I, there was, I don't know who I played it for. They had given me a reaction I didn't like. So I was skeptical about it, but Zan had just been like, yo, this shit is crazy, bro. Like, and I, I played it for somebody else who just kept asking me about it. And I, when people ask me about a record over and over again, I'm like, okay, yeah, this is something, obviously. Yeah, there's something there. It's one of those ones. Yeah, bro. Gotta listen to the people around you, bro. Gotta listen to people around you, because, yeah, gotta listen to people around you, bro. Because sometimes, like, you can make music and, like, you know, you'll be like, oh, my gosh, this is fire. But then other people are like, oh, I don't know. But so you gotta listen to the people around you, so. That project was definitely a lot of my homies had a lot of input on that one, like a lot of my homies. Zan didn't get what he wanted at the end of the day because there was a certain song he wanted on there that I didn't put on there. But yeah, that project came out really, really well. Like, I love, I actually love that project, bro. Like, that's like one of those ones where it's like if somebody's gonna be like, okay, what are you gonna play for Pure? Like, just play that. You should be, you should love it. Like, you should be proud of it. I think it's a great project. I thought you definitely grew in so many aspects as an artist on that project. And it all comes across. Like if there's someone that's definitely been following you from, from the jump, this is a project where you can see significant growth as a writer, as, as a constructor of a full project, as a producer, like everything, there's just levels to it. And that came across really well through the project. And I love that, like you said, it was built with, the input of the homies and the people around you. And I love that you have people around you that aren't afraid to tell you when they think you could be better because a lot of artists take criticism as an insult or something personal when more time someone's just trying to see the best in you and get the best from you. And I'm I'm really glad that you have a community around you that's trying to get the best out of you. Yeah, but I think it's because I'm so critical on myself that they'll be like, well, I guess we can be just as critical. You know what I'm saying? And yeah. so like, bro, I hate it. But then at the same time, after like, I've I've kind of like let my ego die. I'll be like, okay, yeah, this person has a point. And then I'll go back and then I'll, I'll always try it. You know what I'm saying? One thing I'll do is I'll always try it. Cause there's nothing, nothing hurts just going back and making adjustments. But yeah, I'll always try it. Not necessarily, my writing process, that's one thing I don't really let too many people interfere on. Um, but yeah, that that right there was like, yeah, that project, I let a lot of people have a lot of input on that one. But Flyest in the Room was just uh, like, I made that song in like 10 minutes. Nah, I love that record so much. That's just some real fly shit. Like, yeah, bro. I feel different when I put that one on. Yeah, bro, that's that get fly music, man essential music people underestimate like the power of making some really good get fly music but it's important yeah, it's man. so essential i feel like i was in my biggie bag on that one bro like i really felt like biggie on that song like i really did like i was no nah, like, you had it now the girls call me big big papa like you know yeah, you were flowing bro. man 
Yeah. Yeah, bro. <laughs> yeah, one of those ones. For real. So you're a you're a diasporan artist, uh-huh. but you still make music to try and connect with people back home. Mm-hmm. And I want to know, does that ever impact your approach when making music in general? Like, are you thinking I need to make something for my people back home as well as my people here? Like, how do you or do you just make the music? I'm like, I get in my modes. Like, I might be in a mode where for like two weeks straight, I don't want to do anything but rap. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't want to yeah. do, I don't want, I don't, don't send me anything if it's not rap. And then I can be like, okay, I'm on my piano for the next two and a half months. Or I'm only making Afrobeat for the next two and a half months. Or I'm only making this for the next month. Or I'm only making this type of music. Or like, I'll link up with a producer and they'll play a certain type of be like, oh, hold on, what's that? And then uh, my thing's all about the feels. How It's based on how I feel. I don't really... I've never really made a song thinking like, how would people like this? I don't think I could, I don't even think that would be terrible, (laughs) but I don't know. I just, my thing is all about feeling. It's all about feeling for me, bro. I mean, as long as it feels right to you. Yeah, I agree. It's not best to make music based on, I think people are going to like this. You have to make what's going to be most authentic to you. But I was just curious because you are in that unique space where you have audiences in two countries and the audiences lean towards different types of music. There's obviously a lot of crossover and overlap now, but Mm -hmm. Afropop and Afrobeat still reign supreme in Nigeria. Yeah. Rap music still reigns supreme in America. Yeah, most definitely. I feel like this new shit is going to bridge the gap perfectly. No pun intended. Yeah. Okay, let's talk about it then. Let's let's get into the new stuff. So what can we expect? Like, are you in the lab right now? Are you recording for it right now? Oh yeah, bro. I literally as soon as I get off this phone, I need to finish a verse. Um, but um yeah, bro, I'm working on it right now. I don't want to give away the name of the project right now just because I I want people to really like feel it when it drops. Um but this is my first full-length project I'm working on right now. Oh, that's exciting. Yeah, executive produced by Mastodon, um, who is the person I've been working with for a long time. Gauze is also has a very large part in the project as well in helping me construct the project. Um, so yeah, but this next one is like, you're gonna get, they're like, they're gonna get what I've been working on for the past, for like five to six years, you know what I'm saying? So this is the experimentation that we talked about earlier, right? When I was telling you that I wanted to experiment, right? People are gonna get that with this, you know what I'm saying? They're gonna really, it's gonna be, to me, this is like the, like, it's like, it's Afro fusion, but there's still the hip, like, you know, I got my hip hop fans, the hip hop shit's always gonna be there, but there's, there's a good blend, bro. It's just such a lovely blend, bro. And it's so nice. It sounds so nice. <laughs> I don't know if like, I wish there was another word I could use, um, but it sounds really nice. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. I really like the way it sounds. Like, I feel like it sounds pure. It's not, it's not as deep as my other projects, but there is always, you know, you know, you, you know how I am, bro. Like I'm always, as a writer, I'm always going to test my pen. Right. And cause I pride myself as a writer. You know what I'm saying? As because 
I'm, I, I like, that's one thing I really take pride in is my writing ability as a song, structuring songs. And I feel like this one is one of those ones where production wise, wow, bro, this is the best production I've ever had. Um, I feel like this trumps all production I've ever done. Um, this is the best my voice has sounded. This is the best rapping version of myself. This is the best singing version of myself. There's I'm a piano songs on here that are just crazy. My new single that I'm about to put out called Imagine That, that one is ridiculous. Shout out Lamy for being on that too, bro. Like, it's just, it's just, bro, this project is just vibes, bro. It sounds like, to me, it sounds like, this project sounds like, like our, like our generation, bro. You know what I'm saying? Like what our generation sounds like, you know what I'm saying? In terms of like us, some of us, in America who have this dual mentality, right? Some of us in London who have this dual mentality or wherever we are, Canada, that we have this dual mentality. I feel like this is what this project is. Okay, so you're really trying to blend a lot of the sounds that we've kind of grown up on and turn into our own, I guess. Exactly, but, but there's references like, even for example, right? Like even like a little, like, here's a spoiler, right? Like. Like for my new single, imagine that, bro. Like I got that from my, like funny enough, I moved out of Nigeria in 2006, right? And the last song that was popping that I listened, used to listen to every day before I went, I was driving to Corona was Imagine That by Style Plus. And you sampled, did you sample it? Something like that. You know what I'm saying? Okay. I don't want you to give everything away, but like, yeah, <laughs> I'm excited for something, it. Something like that. It's, 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 it's like, it's like I took a song that's a classic and I made it me. You know what I'm saying? And yeah, that's the best way to describe it. But then Lamy just, Lamy Wonder too, that people need to get hip on. If you're not awake, wake up. Wonder shall never cease. And um, I feel like it's just like, it just came together, bro. So beautifully, this new record with Lamy, bro. And then we have so much more music together that I just, that is just like, it's scary to think about like, when people get to hear all this music, bro. Cause this summer, like I didn't drop anything if you noticed, right? I've just kind of been touring and everything. Yeah. But bro, I have been recording like, and I've been like, I've been like scarily recording, like really like, and I've been recording myself recording. <laughs> like, so I have all this on footage. Um, oh, perfect. So, yeah, document the process. Oh yeah, of course, but I had to bro. So like people are gonna get to see this in real time. like oh, wow, like, this is really how it went down. This is the process behind it, you know what I'm saying? So, yeah, bro, this new single, I'm super excited for that, but the project, I'm so excited for. The intro, I, I just I just cannot wait for people to hear this intro, bro. Like, it's just going to be, it's, bro, it gives me chills, bro. Like, it gives me, like, gives me chills, dog, even talking about this project. Like, I've, I've been sitting on the interlude of my project since 2019, just so some people can know how that like this is really like i've had the intro of my project since 2019 bro you know how crazy mm -hmm. i mean the interlude like my interlude i've had it since 2019 i refuse to put it out until that's real was, intention oh yeah bro what what bro shout out. i'm not even on the interlude of my project you know what i'm saying because i wanted to sound like an album you know what i'm saying um and it, it's an album you know what i'm saying it's a full length it's an album you know what i'm saying i'm ready to put my this is my album you know what i'm saying and um yeah, bro. It's just gonna be when can we expect this single? Like, can you give us a time frame? You know, uh next month, bro. Next month. We're putting, okay. we're putting the trigger on it next month, bro. And oh yeah, we're yeah, we're back outside, y'all. So like, yeah. Yeah, we're yeah, ready we're for it out. then. We're ready yeah, we're, for we're, it. But we're back outside, bro. Trust me, we're we're back outside, bro. Like 
we we didn't we didn't went outside and partied all summer and now 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 it's time to get back to the nitty-gritty and then um project expected first quarter next year i promise late latest second quarter bro but hopefully y'all heard it here first y'all heard it here first yeah bro so if guys can keep me on track bro then y'all will get it first quarter but we'll see because no in guys we trust man he got you yeah in god in guys we trust bro y'all trust guys right now bro because guys is the one (laughs) guys is the one pushing me right now bro so uh yeah bro like bro i'm telling you bro this this new music i'm making bro yeah man I feel like this is this is the indie section, bro. This is this is everything else has just been kind of me just kind of like dipping my toe in the water, but I'm ready to jump straight into it, bro. Head first. I'm ready to go. I, I feel like I'm ready to go out there and compete on a not just like a diaspora artist level, but you know, get past to where like people on a mainstream level. I feel like I have, you know, I feel like I've never given them a bedu before. You know what I'm saying? Like I've really given them serious, serious music. This, this project's not that serious, bro. Like, there's certain songs that are going to be really serious, but it's not that many, and I did that for a reason. And, but it's really, like, vibes, bro. It's just vibes. It's just good quality music. Um, Just getting back to the feeling. Bro, getting back to the feeling, bro. This, bro, I'm a piano has changed everything for me, bro. So, like, I'm just really excited to share all this with people, bro. It's really it's really been an uh, eye-opening summer, bro. And I want to and just shout out to all, like, my homies this summer I was with they're the reason why this project is even coming together the way it is um shout out all my homies in New York all my homies in Atlanta all my homies in Houston London everyone that I linked this summer they are very important to why the music sounds the way it is because I tell people if you're in my life you're a part of my music because my music is an expression of everything that I'm currently dealing with so this project is man it's just Man, I don't even want to, I don't want to speak too much, bro. I'm just fucking gassed. Nah, I'm gassed too. Like the passion in your voice is gassing me. Like this is something. Nah, bro, I'm gassed, man. Like I, I, I normally like my other projects. I'll just be like, oh yeah, man, I can't wait for y'all to hear it and then hear the next shit. But this, like, nah, bro. Like this shit, like, whew, man. Like some songs are old as fuck, bro. Like, <laughs> and then I have some like I have like legends on this fucking project. Like I have legends, like. I don't want to speak too much on who, but like I have legends, like people that like I like idolized as a kid are on my project, like which is crazy to me. So Damn, that's actually crazy. Yeah. Yeah, bro. So, but I mean, first album, it's got to be special. You know, I love that you yeah, even you have the patience to know when to release like the right songs. Mm-hmm. This first this first single with Lamy, man, bro. <sighs> crazy. Crazy. Next month, yeah, we ready for it. Don't worry. Next you said month, it. We bro, back outside, bro. Telling you this December, bro. When you hear it, and you're like, "Oh man, it's crazy." Me and Sec was just talking about this on a podcast, and I'll be like, "Yeah, I told you." <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm gonna hit you up when it drops for sure, for sure. Hey man, trust me. We have to run it back again after that. Facts, you already know. Yeah, man. All right, man. So now that I know you're back in the lab, I'm not trying to take up too much of your time. Let me let you get back to recording, but. One of the reasons, or actually the main reason I started fucking with you as an artist is because of rap. Like rap is my favorite genre. I love rap music so much. Uh-huh. And I feel like anyone listening to this, if you go listen to Why Flex, I promise you like Sections Verse still holds up today. And when I heard you, I was like, who the fuck is this? Like, you know, just hearing guys rapping, like really rapping and also being Nigerian and rapping in like a Western style that I obviously resonated with at the time. Oh. But 
you know, you guys are Nigerian and still like you're performing these tracks in Nigeria and other guys are like fucking with it. I want to talk about now the current state of rap and the current state of Nigerian rap. I know there was like the whole thing early in the year on social media and I don't really want to get into that too much, but I do want to get your perspective of the state of Nigerian rap in 2022 and where you see yourself fitting in in that landscape. Uh, I see myself as like the black sheep, bro. You know what I'm saying? It's like they don't want me to, some people won't put me in it because I'm not in Nigeria. Some people will say, well, I'm not being myself because I'm rapping in an American accent, but then who are you to tell me that I'm not being myself? Um, so, I, I mean, to me, it's just like, it, it, it's gonna, I've always told people, bro, for rap to work in Nigeria, it's gonna take somebody that's really polarizing, you know what I'm saying? And really different and really unique and clear. I think that's the main word is clear, right? So, so, and somebody who's not making it just like, oh, let me rap, 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 rap to you, but like, let me make something that people can actually play in the club. Like, you know how like Black Sheriff had like a, a Kwaku the Traveler? Yeah. Like, it's going to take somebody that's really clear and uh, to be able to break in Nigeria. But I think the rap scene is, I think the rap scene is pretty good, bro. I think it's, it's healthy ish. Um, there could be more. Um, I still feel like there's a lot of mediocrity being pushed, but like, I still feel like uh, there's, there's people that are on the come up that are going to do really big things in it. Who Especially are the Nigerian? Female. Yeah, yeah. 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 Who are the Nigerian rappers you're listening to? Like, if you're just listening to music? Uh, Shamps. I listen to Shamps a lot, um, like, daily. Um, that cha-cha record you guys have is crazy. Yeah, bro. Even, like, what he just put out is crazy. Um, the product Foxy, he just yeah. put out is nuts. Um, even to me, I even feel like um, one of his, one of my favorite songs, I remember God said, send me hello, Champs, and I was like, yo, who is this? Um and even like a song like Disrespectful with Toby Day, who people don't even talk about Toby Day, which is crazy to me. Um, but um, yeah, bro, like there's there's some really like, I think Shams is definitely like my favorite, hands down. I don't even think it's close. Um, I think Shams is my favorite. Um, I love S God. I think S God is so fire, so unique. And she's so, as a woman, the energy she has is just, I, I love it. I really love it. Um, I love Moyo's world. Um, I also think she's super unique. Um, what do I like? Uh, there's this guy from Abuja that I just found recently. Told me... Um, Obanere. Bro, Obanere. that guy. That yeah, that guy nigga goes crazy. Bro, here, bro. When I talk about like, you know, like fierceness, bro. Bro, I like, bro. I'm a, bro. I, bro. I, no, bro, we actually got to, we got to get you guys linked up on a record for real. Like, yeah, bro. Crazy. His, bro, he is 
fierce, bro. I fucking love him. He's fierce, bro. I fucking love that. I love big black niggas that are because I'm a big black nigga, bro. Pause. You know what I'm saying? No, I love I big you. black niggas that you. are doing this shit, bro. Because you know it's always the, the music industry is a small, skinny nigga game. You know what I'm saying? But I, <laughs> I, I love. Nah, he comes on that real like militant, tough shit, bro. Like, militant, yeah. militant. I, I fucking yeah. love him. Um. Uh. Who else do? Like, I'm, I'm talking about people I listen to. You know what I'm saying? No, yeah, like, that's what I wanted to know, like, who you're actually listening so, to. I'm not listening. I don't listen to Tommy's music like that. I do know one song, I think it's called Heavy Hitter, that I really do like. Um, I don't know if people even consider Dio a rapper. I know he doesn't, but I love when Dio does, like... Dio is an insane shit. rapper, though. Like, yeah, yeah people don't I, consider I him a rapper, but he's really fucking good at rapping. Dio doesn't even consider himself a rapper, so... Um, but I, but uh, Dio, man, like, but Dio's one of my favorite artists in general. Um, who else am I listening to? That's I don't want to miss anybody, bro, because I don't want to be like. No, there's a lot of people, but that's why I asked who you're actually like. You know, you're never gonna be able to say everyone, but who'd you say? Champs, S God, yeah, Moyo's World. Like, this is a solid soda, ass list. Soda, soda, uh, so, yeah. Soda got a song called Heroic that is my shit right now. Bro. I'm spinning that shit like a motherfucker. That shit is my soda song, is really bro. good to listen to at the gym. That nigga gets me hyped. Yeah, bro, Soda, um, Sid as well, his little brother going insane right now. Um, but, yeah, facts, facts. But, That's so crazy because I went to school with both of them and like to yeah, see what they're doing yeah. now is like real wild, yo. That's right, but yeah. Um, so, oh man, that's besides that, bro. I don't. I'm not really listening to to too many other guys bro those are really like if i'm because i don't want to sit here and lie you know what i'm saying like one thing about me is i'm always gonna be honest guys and my honesty might offend some people but i really don't give a fuck you know um <laughs> no it is what it is at the end of the day you know yeah but when it yeah, comes I down love... to y'all all competing not competing but competing yeah. but also like pushing the field further in your own ways yeah yeah but shout out to everybody else doing their thing you know the rest of the other people i won't mention their names but you know what I'm saying? They're they're doing their thing. So shout out them. Yeah, shout out everyone doing the thing. Shout out everyone pushing it forward. Section, shout out to you for joining me. Um yeah, man, the reason this I was, even this was fire. This was fire. I, I'm glad you joined me, bro. The reason I even started with that first question about you performing is because you know I had the opportunity to see you perform in DC. You opened wow. for Lamy Wonder, and bro, wow. you're set. Honestly, killed it. You and Habib, uh, you guys ran twist and tease like. And then you ran Runaway, and I was like, damn, like, that's why I had to start with that question, because I felt like you were giving the type of performance that showed maturity to me as a performer, and you were doing some of those little details and how you were rocking the crowd and keeping the energy, because when you took the stage, like, I really felt like that's when the show kind of now started kicking off, you know? Yeah, and yeah, the energy you brought was amazing, and I can see that that learning process that you had from opening for David O, like the lessons that you learned, you're definitely putting them into practice. So I know you're just going to keep doing bigger and better things. Looking yeah. forward Shout to this debut mirror. album. Shout out my mirror. My mirror is my my, my rehearsal stage. <laughs> Bro, that's what it comes down to at the end of the day, just putting that work in the hours in by yourself. Thank you, man. Thank you. Thank you, bro. Thank you. I really appreciate that, bro. And it's from watching other people too, bro. I get inspired by my friends and other people too. So thank you. Yeah, man. Shout out to all the homies. Shout out to all the homies that have been around you and supporting you and helping you get better at your craft for real. Like that's special. 
the relationships you have, you know, continue to nurture them and cherish them because there are a lot of artists out there that don't have people around them that can tell them when they're making some bullshit or when they're telling them that they can go harder. Like, you know, it's good to have people around you that can check you and let you know that you're not really reaching your full potential. Yeah, bro. There's a lot of my homies that are checking me. Shout out AJ for always checking me, man. <laughs> Shout out AJ, man. That's the that's probably the harsh, the hardest person on me. No, that's love still. That's love. So keep a good support team. Don't keep yes men around you, man. That shit is crucial. Facts, facts. Always just keep people that are going to be honest with you and come at you with love still, but you know, tell you the yeah, truth. But tell you what you need to hear. So where can the people find you on socials? Where can we find the music? Uh, everything is D&D section. Pretty simple. You can find me on that on Apple Music, Spotify, YouTube, Twitter, Instagram. It's all the same across all platforms. So, yeah, man, y'all type in, man. We got big things on the way. So, yeah, make sure you go stream Bad Things When It Happen Again. Of course, make sure I stream Imagine That when it comes out too, man. And I really appreciate you for having me and, and doing this too, man, because this is it's my first podcast, bro. So thank you. Oh, word? Oh, nah, nah. I'm really happy you got to join me, man. Um, yeah, that was sick. This was a great talk. I'm glad we really got to deep dive on some records that I really love and enjoy. And I thank you for just being so open and so honest in, in discussing everything with me. Thank you, bro. Thank you for giving me the platform, man. Nah, anytime, anytime. We definitely have to run it back. Most definitely, bro. Most definitely. Maybe in Lakers. Oh, facts, man. Facts. All right, bro. Take care.